Genre. Welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we review and analyze Back to the Future Part 3, one photo taken minute at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez in the news. Uh, I'm Scott Corelli, and joining us today from Jurassic Park Minute and Paley Media, Kyle Crane. Welcome. Hey guys, thanks for having me, and thank you so much for your patience and me getting all this uh, audio stuff hooked up tonight. I really appreciate your patience. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> always. We have nothing but patience. No, absolutely, and uh, we are continuing uh, Minute All-Star Week with uh, Minute number 52, which begins with the mayor of Hill Valley giving a speech and uh, ends with, uh, would you call that a, would you call that a hoedown? Well, sure. You, yeah. You know. Yeah. You know. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna break with you guys here and say this is probably more of a hoot nanny, but uh, I don't know. All right. <laughs> yeah. I would say a hoot. I think a hoedown is more of a definitive kind of dancing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and a hoot nanny feels to me. Well, no, a hoot nanny is when everyone brings like instruments and like jams. Ah, okay. So if I've got a big mug, a big barrel with like XXX on it, and I'm blowing it across the top of it, that would probably be more of a hoot nanny situation, right? Yeah. If like everyone okay. brought their own instruments. <laughs> all right. I mean, that for all we know, that could be what's going on here. I mean, that's true. That's maybe, true. Maybe, yeah. maybe we're watching the origin story of ZZ Top. This they're yeah. they're actually eternal figures, <laughs> uh, doomed to play music for all time. <laughs> somebody <laughs> guess. Is... Somebody guess our name so we can go back to hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So before we get to ZZ Top, sure. Uh, so we get uh, we get the countdown to turning on the clock, which I like because they they're setting the time on the clock tower to someone's stopwatch, which I just I just oh who should we get to base this time off of? Hey, uh, Cle- Cletus has got a good watch, right? I bet that he's always on time. Let's get him. <laughs> well, but Cletus Cletus is 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 uh, in t- in tune with what's going on in Greenwich right now. Greenwich Mean Time, so he's just always counting down <laughs> right? in his head. That's why I figure what's going on there. <laughs> well, he was the he was the holder of the town watch prior to this, so it seems only right that they use his time. Yeah. What I what I find really funny about this clock thing that I've never really thought about before. This is 1885, and the idea of lifting a working clock face into place into this into the to the tower into the courthouse tower seems like an incredibly complex maneuver for 1885 technology. So I almost wonder, like, why are they doing this on the ground and not just you know, installing it and then turning it on up there. Like, why? I mean, I guess picture ops, but other than that, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering if once they get it up there, they're just going to reset everything and kind of, okay guys, now we set it to the real time, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Nobody tell Cletus. Yeah. Poor Cletus. It's almost, it's almost (laughs) even more on brand for them that for Hill Valley, I mean, that it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Like none yeah. of this. This is all <laughs> just the weirdest, <laughs> most roundabout way to to go about it. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. mechanically, I, I do completely agree with you about that. But, it, you know, it, this movie does, in rewatching it again this morning to get ready for this, it's the, the, the motifs of all this stuff just tied in. They're just tied in so well, you know, like, okay, the whole thing is going to be set around the clock. We're going to have the clock there. And when you actually look at the mechanics of it all, none of it makes sense to to any degree whatsoever. But it's just thematically, it's just this movie is constantly dropping this stuff in. And it never feels obtrusive or like in your face. It's just kind of like, oh, right, that's it's a movie about time. It's about time travel. We have this stuff just Mm -hmm. reoccurring all over, uh, you know, all over the place. Absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 you know, talking about the, with the clock tower and, and, you know, its use in the first movie, Doc sort of references that when he says that it's, it's, uh, you know, he kind of makes reference to the fact that they're, they're there for the beginning of the clock tower now, and they were there for the end of the clock working. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I thought was interesting about that is that in the background, when the clock goes off, they set off like sort of like lame 1885 fireworks and the, fireworks which really just look like sparks look a lot like the sparks from when the clock tower was struck by lightning and everything oh. so it's all it's all sort of like reminiscent and the same pattern and it's i just i really love the repetition i mean we were just talking about that yesterday in yesterday's minute um that it just i just love the repetition in, in yeah. these movies the, the 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 further into this film that we go my i just keep being consistently impressed by how elegantly designed it is Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as as both a story and like a trilogy capper like it's absolutely it's a lot more elegant than i don't know i mean you consider that with like you know marvel tends to have like loose really loose trilogies where it's like oh like the captain america movies form a trilogy and like there's a there's going to be a thor movie trilogy and while i i enjoy those movies individually they when in watching this movie they kind of lack the the kind of cool design and and uh circularity of this trilogy i think you know? right specifically the storytelling too yeah for sure like storytelling and visuals i think yeah mm-hmm. absolutely um, and uh, th- this one also does a really good job of kind of tying up you know, it finally gives Doc his time to shine in the spotlight. Like, oh, really, yeah. this is more of like Doc's story, and it, you know, they, they they use everybody to to great effect that have been around in this movie. But it's also its own standalone kind of like accomplished character arc in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so we have to get to the big coincidence in this minute. Uh, it's so great that you're here for this minute, Kyle, because we get uh, we get our cameo of none other than Dean Mother Effing Cundy, the man, yeah, the myth, as the, the photographer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so Dean Cundy shows up as the photographer. Dean Cundy, of course, director of photography of the Back to the Future trilogy, as well as Jurassic Park. That is right. Um, yeah. And uh, and here and, he is uh, and playing the role other, of photographer and every which other I, movie. I, yeah, liked. right. Which which I I love. I love that he's playing the photographer. Like that's so that's so perfect. Yeah, yeah it's, and it's a, it's such a lovely gesture on the on Bob on on Bobby Z's part. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys feel that this movie, in in some ways, like having him there, is almost kind of like a victory lap for everybody? It's like, of course, they're they're making a very tight, very well constructed movie here, but it's also everybody kind of getting together and celebrating what they've done, what they're able to accomplish here, and having you know Dean Cundy kind of play that photographer is kind of like a pat on the back to him. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, it, I I completely agree. I mean, that's 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 really. 
I think that's all this movie is because I, I feel like part two was the work and this is sort of the vacation. They're, they're, they talk about how like everyone involved in this movie like loved westerns and mm-hmm. so this whole thing was like a like a camping trip for everybody and they all <laughs> loved it. Yeah, and um, you, can, you can almost hear like oh wouldn't it be fun to get Dean Cundy to dress up like an old-timey photographer and like, <laughs> yeah. and, like and even like give him a line, you know. Yeah. Dean, get in here. You've earned this, buddy. Oh, <laughs> you guys. Yeah. It's it's funny, uh, you know, like looking into you know how much they love westerns and kind of uh, the the filmatic um, mythologizing of what westerns actually were in this movie. It kind of reminded me um, about uh, Johnny Depp and Gore Verbinski's kind of love of westerns and how they tried to tie that in a little bit into the third Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Like that yeah. movie is oddly strangely it's it's a western in a lot of ways. And then, well, uh, they uh, go off and they make Rango. It's so good. It's like taking, uh, you know, Chinatown and a Western and then making it into an animated film. And then, you know, they further <laughs> go on. I don't know. Maybe this is where you were going with it, too. But then they go on to make uh, The Lone Ranger, which, while a film that fails on a lot of levels, it also succeeds on a lot of levels, too. It, it, the, the action sequence with the train at the very end of the movie is amazing. But it kind of reminded me, too, of, you know, when you're talking about the, it was pretty clear that they were planting the seeds to make the third movie a Western. But it was also kind of just them having a good time with that. I just, I, it reminded me of like clearly in Pirates of the Caribbean 3, Johnny Depp and Gore Verbinski were much more interested in doing a Western movie as their next project. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Now, I, I think Rango is one of the most underrated movies of this decade. Absolutely. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm just, I'm in love with that movie. I, th- I think it might be Gore Verbinski's like best film, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we get the photo of yes. uh, Doc and Marty and Marty is just cool as a cucumber <laughs> and Doc is just stiff as a board like the most awkward pose you can imagine well, yeah. well okay well we so right before the photo is taken there's a really beautiful moment where uh, Marty's like man I wish I almost brought a camera and then you hear you like the Foomph, and you like you see yeah. the photo flash and like the look that Marty and Doc give each other like like Marty even gives like a little like huh are we doing this like uh, <laughs> it, it just it just screams like boys night yeah <laughs> are we so doing this? how how weird is it that this is kind of a it works backwards as far as the photograph that they had in the first movie where things are disappearing and earlier in this film you actually get the picture of Doc by himself next to the clock face and all of a sudden like Marty is appearing in the picture to kind of like work backwards and making the picture change you know I, I thought that that uh-huh. was kind of a weird too how in the first movie things are disappearing from it and now we have things reappearing <laughs> in the picture with Doc that was a little oh, weird oh yeah that's a good point yeah no I like that yeah because uh, things are things are getting better I mean that's that's the thing I, I, I feel like these movies um, I mean they sort of they close a circle, you mm-hmm. know? And so the idea that on the other end of this uh, ring theory, um, the idea <laughs> yeah, yeah. On, <laughs> on the other on the other end of this, that things are, are reappearing or, or appearing for the first time into pictures um, as opposed to disappearing is, uh, is, is nice. It's good. Yeah. I really yeah. Like that. that, well, it's funny you say ring theory because that was popping up in my head. I could just hear George Lucas like, oh, it's like rings, like poetry, you know, over and over <laughs> right. watching this today, how it, how it's, it's the perfect example of if you want to throw out the, if somebody wants to throw out the ring theory idea, this is how it's done to great effect. You know, it's, it's yes. pretty much flawless in, in here. I agree completely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then we get, we get ZZ Top in our second 
musical cameo of the trilogy, which has always made me sad about the second one. We talked a lot about it with the second one that we have uh, Huey Lewis and the power of love for the first movie. And we Mm -hmm. have ZZ top and double back in the, in the third movie, but we don't have any music in the second movie. Yeah. Uh, No, no like uh, famous song. Cause you know, we're, we use, um, we use uh, uh, back in time for our, uh, intro outro music for this show and I was like oh and we can use double back for part three and then I was like oh but what would we use for part two and then I just threw the whole thing away and just stuck with power <laughs> also, of love. I'll, I'll be real honest I don't think I would recognize double back by ZZ Top no like just like if I was oh like, I do I do uh, <laughs> It, it's 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 a decent song, but I think that their cut co- their bluegrass cover of it in this uh, Hoot Nanny Hoedown section is is far superior to the actual oh, real song. A hundred percent, I completely. This would be the version I would use, not the original. Totally. Are yeah, they like yeah. a proto? They're kind of like a proto Mumford and Sons in this. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. All they need are, are vests and the Hitler Youth haircut, and then they're totally Mumford and Sons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh man. There's kind of like a soggy bottom boy look going mm-hmm. on that I like. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, of course, uh, this shot that we're, we're doing where we're starting on the band and pulling back over the dance floor is uh, a re- remake shot of the same shot from uh, Back to the Future, where you start on the band. Uh, you start on Marvin Barry at the mic and you pull out and see everyone dancing. So. Yeah. I did not. I did not connect those two in my mind, but it's. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's. It's. It's exactly that. Mm-hmm. Scott, I'm about to. I. I know you. You have. Not, you have nothing but time on your hands, but it. It would be cool if. Uh, <laughs> you're funny. I'm just picturing <laughs> like there's a really good Tumblr gift set out there waiting to be made, of like, mirror shots in this trilogy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, there absolutely is, and I'm sure that someone with more time than me. <laughs> Uh, could put that together, and I will reblog it on our Tumblr if you do that. <laughs> I would, yeah, no, I do kind of wish that there there would be a scene where like I kind of want Marty to get back to hop on that stage a little bit and be like, "You guys like this?" And then he just starts starts like, <laughs> right. like, does a bluegrass cup somehow does a bluegrass cl- cover of Power of Love or yeah. something. <laughs> you see somebody off stage like writing a letter, you know, it is your cousin. <laughs> you know? Dearest <laughs> <your> cousin, <laughs> yeah. I write to you in with ecstatic news. <laughs> a small boy uh, today played with such vigor and enthusiasm <laughs> that I could scarce believe my ears. <laughs> so uh so what I what I do like about the ZZ Top song is that uh, I really love the title Double Back because mm-hmm. the idea is that the reason they call it Double Back is because, well, they went back in the first one and then they went back further in this one. So they went Double Back. Yeah. <laughs> I wish and that I was, was like, the name all right. of the sequel. Yeah, I know. I was like, all right, ZZ Top. You, you know what? That's good. I'm double fine. Double Back. You Double Back. Oh, that's um, cute, ZZ Top. You did well. Yeah. <laughs> Z- ZZ Top, interesting choice for uh, a musical uh, tie-in. 
I yeah, like. I, I heard that Robert Zemeckis was a fan of ZZ Top, so I'm kind of wondering if, if you know, like we were saying, that this one was a, they were all fans of Westerns and maybe kind of wanted to explore that with this series if they were just kind of like, Universal was giving them a blank check to just kind of like tie in anything they were fans of. But cause at, yeah. at, this, at the time when this movie came out, ZZ Top was, I mean, they were a band that people knew about, but they weren't exactly like big, like maybe Huey Lewis in the news were is the time uh, whenever uh, Back to the Future came out. So it kind of does feel like a studio favor for Robert Zemeckis. Yeah, they uh, I, and I mean, you know, they, it's an interesting choice, but then like visually, it's not an interesting choice because right. visually it's like, oh, well, yeah, of course, it's a Western. You get ZZ Top. They look like they were, you know, at the river, like looking for gold just a second ago. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Although it would be pretty weird if they just like, well, who's hot in 1990 and all of a sudden like. Like Clint Black just slides onto the stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, ladies and gentlemen, George Strait. <laughs> Going back to the future. <laughs> if only they could have gotten Johnny Cash, then, then we would have oh been, oh, been amazing. That would have been yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, so Kyle, uh, any other like closing thoughts on uh, on Back to the Future Three? Uh, yeah, so I've got a question for you guys, and you may have talked about sure. this uh, on the show. I'm a little bit behind. Um, but so the tombstone for Dr. Emmett Brown says his beloved Clara, uh, but then Marty coming back is really kind of what saves her from going over the cliff and it becoming like Clayton's Ridge or whatever it was. Right. Or, or is that, do, do we have any theories of why, do you think Doc was out there and would have saved, well, I guess he wouldn't have because it would have been named, a, a, you know, Clayton uh, Clayton Ridge or Clayton Valley or whatever it was because she goes over. Have you guys talked about that? And maybe the, yeah, it, yeah. We, we talked at length about that. Okay. Um, he, he does save her. And so it's not called Clayton ravine. And so it's probably Shonash ravine, which is its original name before right. it was renamed Clayton yeah. ravine. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, so like he went and picked her up from the from the train station because Marty wasn't there to be like, hey, so this weird lady's on your tombstone. Um, so so yeah, so it's it's uh, it's Clayton Ravine in the in every timeline where before Doc goes back to 1885, uh. and then it stays Shonash Ravine in the in the timeline where doc dies in 1885 and then it's Eastwood ravine in the timeline, uh, at when Marty, uh, saves doc. Okay. That totally clears it up for me. Cause when I was watching, the, yep. I was watching earlier. I was like, wait, nope, mm, mm, that doesn't work. But, uh, whenever we get the timeline straight, that totally works. But no, I just, um, yeah. I, I love this movie. I totally forgot how much of a joy it was, uh, when I went back and watched it yesterday or this morning, actually, uh, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it, it didn't occur to me, I think, when I was younger that this is really kind of Doc's story. You know, as much as we get, you know, half of the movie really is Marty going back to get him. And, you know, we don't really get Doc back in 1885 until kind mm -hmm. of the second half of the movie. Um, it's a really wonderful kind of like wrap up story for him. You know, he gets kind of his moment where he gets to ride off into the you know sky on his flying train there at the end. Um, but uh, I, I really I really love it didn't occur to me that Doc really didn't get much character growth until this movie. And then when he does, it's it's really well done, I think. I think it's a perfect little kind of like, you know, cap on, on the story with Doc there. But I did notice, too, while I was watching it, that um, there's that part where Doc pulls out his rifle and shoots Marty down when he's going to be hung at the new courthouse by Mad Dog Tannen. Uh, and mm -hmm. it just it's we don't have enough steampunk movies out there. 
uh, it, it's really a shame that the only steampunk movie we have is Wild Wild West and maybe a kind of Doc steampunky looking gun that he pulls out here <laughs> to save Marty's life. And what I think that's you, a real. What, what would Sky Captain fall under? Oh, What's Lord. I, you know, I really like Sky Captain. I really uh, break with tradition of a lot of people don't like that movie. But Sky Captain oh, like to me movie. is. Um, yeah, it's got some steampunk motifs in it. It's definitely got the you know the the aerial fighting and stuff like that. But I, I would say it's more like fantasy World War II type movie. I don't know that I would mm-hmm. really. So, so to me, the only movie that I think that really qualifies as pure steampunk is unfortunately uh, Will Smith's Wild Wild West. You know, uh, and I think there's a lot of fertile ground there for Hollywood to to really work within steampunk and do some really cool stuff. And you know, clearly mm-hmm. there's a fan base out there, people that like steampunk. Um, because I see them at every comic convention wearing it into, you know, different variations of comic book characters with a steampunk twist. Oh, yeah. Okay, we get it. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I really think that um, it, it's a shame that we don't have more like Western steampunk, you know, or, you know, Victorian era steampunk out there. But um, and that's it's just kind of a thought. It just kind of like was in my head the whole time when I was watching this movie that we we get some of it with the train there at the end. We get some of it with Doc's gun. And then it's just a shame that there's not more out there. But um, you know, I, I do need like. You know, it's a little steampunk, though, and it's kind of on brand for this is hmm. and Scott, maybe you can back me up or maybe not back me up uh, time after time. Right. A little bit. Uh, yeah, no, okay. no, because because most of that movie takes place in the 70s. Right. That's true. That's kind of like a prologue. Right. Um. So, yeah. But uh, League yeah, of Extraordinary I mean, be... Gentlemen, would that be? <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that League probably would fall a little bit more in line. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess that kind of answered our own question. If the only two <laughs> <Yeah>. examples, <laughs> why don't they make more movies like this? It's like, well, oh. the times we have, it didn't really work out that well. But uh, you know, a boy can dream, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's not, and it's so, not because it was steampunk that those movies no. didn't work at all. It's it's just a sad side effect. They had their own set of problems. Yeah. (laughs) Even though I do like some aspects of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, it definitely, um, I I really wish that, that's a property that needs another crack at it, honestly. I wouldn't mind if they went ahead and remade that. Uh, I would watch Penny Dreadful. Yeah, yes. uh, my wife was a huge Penny Dreadful fan, and I kind of caught some of it going into it. And uh, it's Penny Dreadful is is fantastic. Yeah, that's one mm-hmm. that I, I need to go back and watch again. Uh, so so tell everyone about uh, about Paley Media and Jurassic Park Minute. Yeah, uh, so you were on Jurassic Park Minute recently, and we need to get Nick on. And Nick, uh, off yeah. air, once we're done here, I'd like to really uh, maybe try to set something up here before the sh- before it goes off the air. But right now we're doing uh, Goonies Minute and Jurassic Park Minute. Uh, Jurassic Park, it's just the same thing you guys are doing here. For anybody that's not familiar with the show, except we're doing it with Jurassic Park. And um, Scott was nice enough to come on recently and kind of uh, enlighten Brady and I on Alan Grant's character arc throughout that movie. And now it's so completely obvious to me, I can't believe I didn't catch on to it before. Before. Um, but uh, yeah, so we did that. And, but, you know, before we did the Jurassic Park minute, we did Ghostbusters minute, uh, which we uh, had you guys on uh, for that as well. And that was a, mm-hmm. just a, a lot of fun uh, going through the movies. So we're basically doing the movie by minute thing, uh, Jurassic Park Goonies and uh, Ghostbusters. And uh, yeah, so we're doing uh, Jurassic Park minute. That's going to be ending uh, at the end of March. And we've got a lot of great guests lined up for that. Like I said, Nick, you're going to be on there. So, uh, you know, we'll be in good company there, but uh, yeah, We've got a few that we haven't announced yet who have agreed to come on the show that um, should be pretty awesome. So, and your 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 Pele Media Patreon is uh, is really great. You guys put out uh, you know a, a new episode uh, every weekend, and they're 
you they're really well researched and uh and and really great you got that that jurassic park uh animated series thing that you guys did was really really good thank you that was a lot of fun to research and i'm very disappointed that that project didn't go forward as they wanted it to but yeah so for the people out there that uh, maybe don't know it's just like you guys do the no roads edition and the dueling genre patreon stuff we kind of do one that's um maybe we don't have as much output as you guys do but uh but it's it's a kind of a bonus episode on the weekends uh and i think we're going to be doing our first uh, Goonies edition of that coming up very soon. So uh, we've got some pretty cool, cool stuff scheduled with that. And I, I want to thank you guys for uh, doing the, the Kushida episode of uh, the No Roads edition uh, recently. Uh, I, had oh, a, right. I had a 24-hour long uh, road trip, and I just binged on uh, back episodes of the No Roads edition. And uh, I appreciate you guys talking about Japanese wrestling for an episode. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, that was yeah. <laughs> that was That was nuts. Um so uh, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, so th- th- thanks so much, Kyle, uh, thank- for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Uh, you you guys do such a wonderful job, and uh, there's no better crew to tackle uh, Back to the Future. I think you guys have really done a fantastic job, and I'm so happy you tackled uh, Back to the Future three. So uh, yeah, this is uh, you 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 guys are, are some of the best at doing these movie by minute podcasts, and I'm uh, really happy to come on. So oh. thanks for having me. Oh, thank thank you so much. Uh, so uh, you guys, uh, you know, if you want uh, shirts or merch and things, you want to you want to go uh, buy some new T-shirts with like our logo and stuff. Stuff on it go to duelinggenre.com slash merch that'll take you to our t public store and you can help out the show by uh getting getting some stupid shirt with our face on it um or stickers <laughs> or other or mugs or iphone cases or all kinds of oh stuff. yeah there's all that stuff too yeah definitely um so yeah go check that out that duelinggenre.com slash merch and we will see you tomorrow <laughs>